Welcome back to another edition of the Blue Rush Preview. The four and one, that's right, four and one New York football giants are looking to build off a very impressive victory across the pond versus the Packers. They're hosting Lamar Jackson, a.k.a. Michael Vick 2.0, and the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to know our enemy with Kim McCusick of Film Study Baltimore, and we're going to speak to my big bro, Brandon Jacobs, in another edition of Back Talk. But first, let me introduce the OGs of Blue Rush, my fellow co-host, New York Post Giants beat writer, Paul Schwartz, and two-time, that's right, two-time Super Bowl champion, Lawrence Tynes. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. First and foremost, have you guys had fishing chips this week? Because I'm all fishing chips out after, uh, <laughs> after that time. No London. more. No more Guinness, Brandon. No more fish and chips. Uh, no more walking. I did a hell of a lot of walking over in London, but I had the best time with my family capped off by a wonderful Giants victory. Paul, what about you, Paul? Walking no off those fish calories. And chips. Shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie, oh. definitely, mm. at a very small pub. Uh, very nice. Uh, very, very authentic. But, you know, the English food, Lawrence, I mean, with the shepherd's pie, they had some kind of a warm green bean, like salad, like a piece, mashed like peas. peas. Mashed peas, mashed peas, mashed peas, mashed peas, and the shepherd's mashed pie. Peas. Yeah, not not nah. very. You know, you know what? I I ate some English food, okay, in London, and then my last day there, I'm like, England's a lot closer to Italy than New York is. I went to an Italian restaurant; it was great. It was great. Okay. So it's like, Ooh. you know, the, 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 the bangers and the, the fish and chips and the shepherd's pie, it, it, it gets old after about two days, yeah. doesn't I'll it? I'll tell you what the English do. They do a nice breakfast. They do a really, really nice breakfast. There's a lot of meat. There's bacon. There's ham. There's <laughs> So I really enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed the breakfasts. But let's move along here. All right. <laughs> so the mashed peas were a bit of a letdown for Paul. Yeah. Let's go into the letdowns. How are the Giants? going to avoid the letdown after that big win across the pond. Who wants to go first on this one? Go. I'll take this, Brandon. Um, it, this, that's a real concern. Obviously, uh, professional athletes, you win a big game on the road, obviously in London, and you come back and you're playing a really good team, probably outside of the Cowboys. This is a really good football team. They didn't play so well last week. They ended up winning the game on a field goal by Justin Tucker, but – Overall, this Ravens team is dangerous. Um, they have some holes, just like every team, but uh, I'm certainly cognizant of a letdown this week. But but this team has not experienced enough winning uh, over the past few years. I think they have an attention to detail like no other football team in the league right now because they love winning and playing well and the excitement that comes with that. So I don't think they'll be a letdown. I, I really don't. I think they'll play well. Paul. You know, yeah, um, you know, Brandon, you're you're you know you're new to the Blue Rush, right? Uh, Lawrence has been, you know, we've been together for a while, and it's been a lot of tough, you know, podcasts and 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 talking about losses and talking about the team being eliminated, and you know, I've been kind of negative, but you know what? I don't see a letdown. I am kind of 
you know, when I was preparing for this podcast, I kind of thought I got nothing. You know, I got nothing negative. Um, is, the, is their passing attack great? No. Are there some issues on the team? Yes. But this coaching staff has done such a great job that I don't think there's going to be a hint of a letdown. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win the game against a really good Ravens team, but I haven't seen this team get, you know, they weren't too high going to London, right? They were down big in the first half. I don't see them getting too pumped up to go play against the Packers in London. I don't see them getting too full of themselves coming home to play the Ravens at all. You know, I'm in that locker room and it is business as usual. Um, there are young guys trying to make a name for themselves. There are guys, as you said, Lawrence, who've, who've lost a lot here. You know, Julian Love, Darius Slayton, these guys, all they've done is lose when they've come to the Giants. They're not letting down at all. They're pumped up by this. They want more like a drug. They want more, more, more. I am. I got nothing negative. I got yeah. no warnings, nothing, yeah. nothing. And just think about and just think about when we walked into the locker room after that Packers game, after that pa- uh, the Giants win against the Packers, Paul. You saw, obviously, everyone's going to be happy because you won, but you saw a shift in a culture. You saw guys like Jaha Ward yelling like, "Oh, stay up! I stay on that side. Stay on that side." They've created this "us against the world" mentality. I mean, within five games, I, I don't even want to call this a letdown game or a trap game or anything because by this time they know what they are. They know their strengths. They know their weaknesses. They have faith in their coaches. They have faith in their preparation. And you're talking about when you talk about guys like Nick McLeod having to step up and play up against the Alan Lazard. You're talking about guys stepping up, trying to O'Shane Zimenez having some of the better, probably the best year he's had since he's gotten to the New York football Giants. It's a culture change. It's a culture shift. They know what they are. They know, understand if they eliminate penalties, eliminate turnovers, and they play balls-to-the-wall defense in the second half, they understand that they have a shot to win whatever game as long as they can stay in it. It's a culture change. We're seeing it before our very eyes. We're not seeing Ben McAdoo with the hair slicked back. We're not seeing boring Pat Shermer. We're not seeing uh, who uh, – well, uh, Rex Ryan used to call <laughs> Timmy Tough Nuts. Uh, Joe Judge. Joe, Joe Judge. Judge. Joe Judge. You're seeing a dude rocking Jordans with a ball head firing his guys up on the sideline. The video I took that went 1.1 million views. You're seeing you're, you're 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 seeing him fired up. You see the fan base fired up. We're looking at a potential coach of the coach of the year, and that's why I think this can't this won't be a letdown game. They're going to go out and give everything that they can. I agree. I agree with everything you said, Brandon. This team, that what the number one thing, this coaching staff has done a lot of great things, but most importantly, they've instilled confidence in veteran players and young players to go out and perform and have fun and don't be afraid of making mistakes. And yeah. as you know, Brandon, as a player, when you can play that way, you play better. And naturally, you kind of hear this through the interviews that Paul's doing in the, in the locker room. Everyone's saying – you know, they've instilled a confidence in us. They've instilled kind of a positive mindset within this football team. And that goes a long way. You know, just having casual conversations with people on the streets here, everyone always asks me, what was the number one thing on your Super Bowl teams? And I said, you know what? There was no egos. We were super confident. We had one or two pro bowlers, I think, on each of those Super Bowl teams. But the camaraderie of those football teams was unbreakable. It was unbreakable. And it still is to this day. So this team is building that, and kudos to Joe Shane, most importantly, and Brian Dable for putting this thing together. And then obviously every other coach on that staff has to have a hand in this. And they've built 
a lasting chemistry that you think can carry a football team. It's good. It's good every week for a few extra wins that you may not win. Like, for example, they were they were gut checked in, in London and they came back and held held the Packers scoreless in the second half outside of the safety. So a lot of great things going on there in, in New York for the Giants. Now, now there, there will be there will be. Look, and like I said, I got nothing negative here at all. But look, they, there will be an adversity situation here where they lose a couple of games. And now we're going to see how Brian Dable handles that. He's only had to handle one loss so far. But and I'm interested what you think about this, Lawrence, is it's not just I don't think the confidence. It's that these guys think that they have an edge with their coaching staff. And I think, look, we've talked about Wink Martindale a lot. We'll talk about him more going against his former team. I think on offense, you know, this red zone attack is much better than it was in the past two years. Now, Saquon Barkley's healthy. I get that. You know, he, he's the main guy, either on either getting the ball or just, you know, play fakes. Everybody has to be so honest of these play fakes, so cognizant of them that it opens things up. And I think, you know, the David Sills, the Darius Slaytons, the Gary Brightwells, they uh, the Daniel Bellingers, who I wrote about on um, Thursday in the New York Post, you know, a, 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 a rookie tight end who's playing tremendous football right now. I think they think when Mike Kafka calls plays and designs plays and, 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 you know, gets the right timing down, they have an edge that they have a, their own kind of Philly special. They have a wildcat. They have, you know, they have an, how about that unbalanced line in the game where they have Andrew Thomas over to the right of Evan Neal, right? So he's gone from left tackle to right tackle. They have a tight end over there. What are the Packers thinking? They're overloading right. They're coming right. Bang. They give it to Saquon left. There's not a lot of blocking over there. He makes one guy miss. He gets, you know, a 40-yard run. So I think this, this locker room feels that we have an edge with these guys. And that is not something that's easy to, to put in only five games into a season. Uh, the defensive guys definitely think they have an edge with Wink. And I think the offensive guys, even though they haven't scored a lot of points, they think Brian Dable and, and the play caller, Mike Kafka, we just got to do what they say and execute it because they're sharp. It, it's it's not like what we've seen the last few years. There's no question about that. So you're looking at a potential head coach of the year and a potential coordinator of the year because, again, look at the groceries. And, 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 and to go back to it, Paul, I kind of owe you an apology or I kind of, you know, just got to dap you up because at the beginning of the year, I'm like, I need to see more from Daniel Jones. I need this. I need that. And you're like – Pump your brakes, young fella. Like, like, karmate, karmate. You know, like, and you're seeing the advancement of Daniel Jones. He hasn't turned the ball over. The offense is not turning the ball over. He's getting quality and production out of a Darius Slayton, where if you look at next-gen stats, he didn't run not one nine route, not one go route this game. Deep crosses, quick hitches, getting him the ball and just getting him his confidence back. That's what it's about. But the biggest thing, I think, is the emergence of Daniel Bellinger. I mean, when they drafted this guy, I went back and looked at his tape, and I'm like, man, this guy's got sure hands. Reminds me of 6'7 Kevin, 6'7 Kevin, Kevin Boss. Maybe not getting you the yak of a young Travis Kelsey or anything, but he's been, he's been sure-handed, and he's making plays. But the biggest thing, and another thing for Kafka, is the creativity in the plays. When you're seeing the boots – and you're seeing guys kind of edge block, rim block, and then they're they're leaking into the flats. You see David Seals do that a lot. The way they turn their bodies is not like you just slam it down and then you go out to the flats. Like they're slamming it down, and then there's levels 
within within the past within the, within the uh, past concept and the creativity is there. And I know you're seeing that times. Yeah. No, you see a lot of it. First and foremost, don't ever apologize to Paul uh, on this show again. Do not apologize. I'm to the him. rookie. My bad. Don't do I'm that. the rookie. Don't apologize to Paul because he's going to end up yeah, you apologizing know what? Because you maybe it'll, later. It'll, it'll, if, if we're going to apologize yeah. for things we'll, that I we'll say be, that are right, we'll, we're going to be apologizing. Yeah, we'll have show. a lot of yeah. We'll have a lot of our I, I'm sorry's all season. But Mike Kafka comes from Andy Reid, yeah. and if you guys watch the Chiefs, which we all love watching the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey. That red zone package they have is unbelievable. Yeah. And Kafka's brought that to the Giants. It's just creativity. It doesn't, you don't need a six, eight tight end. You don't need a six, five wide receiver. There are ways to score in the red zone without having those that type of personnel. It's creativity, it's movement, it's mismatches, it's fake looks. They're doing everything that the Chiefs do. Um, so Mike Kafka has had an unbelievable start to a young career um, as an offensive coordinator. And he's he's got these guys believing. And as you know, pro football is all about belief and confidence. All right. Abel and, and Bellinger, okay? I'll give you one more with them because okay. I talked to Bellinger at length um, in the locker room the other day. I, you know, he said, he's on me. You know, Dable said, he is on me. He, you know, uh, Dable said, I am on him. You know, I was a former tight ends coach, he said, you know, with, with, with the Patriots. And I am especially tough on that position. So I asked Daniel Bellinger, how is he tough? He said, he sticks to the fundamentals. He, he constantly talks about my technique and fundamentals. So I said, okay, tell me, get me inside that. What does that mean? He said, okay, for example, Brian Dable noticed when I run a route, and I turn my head to locate the ball, I slow down. He says, you can't do that. So he's telling me, instead of turning your head, you have to use your shoulders more. Don't turn your head and you will not slow down on running the route. I said, has it made a difference? He said, yes. So that's a subtle little thing that Brian Dable, a former tight ends coach, is telling a rookie tight end little things that make a big difference. I think Bellinger's terrific. I mean, you know, Kevin Boss did not have a big rookie year at all. He had a big postseason with the Giants in yeah. 2007. Uh, Bellinger is – there is no tight end in the 2022 NFL draft who has more catches for more yards than Daniel Bellinger, and he was a fifth-round pick. So what does that say? When you talk about uh, what Coach Dable said to Bellinger, it reminds me of two guys within my football career – one, Mark Tressman, how he was so detail-oriented when it came to not only knowing your playbook, but also your technique, but Imani Toomer as well. Watching him just continue to, to master, put in his 10,000 hours, that's what kind of got me on that path in terms of detailing my work. But I want to go shift into it. Is this a statement game for the New York football giants? Who wants to go first? Um, it you know, I think Green Bay on the road in London was a statement game. And this is just, can you validate it? That's what this is. You're going home in front of your home crowd. The excitement that's going to be in MetLife on Sunday is going to be oh. something we haven't seen in many, many years. But this this fan base should be excited. But the thing is, again, you have to stamp the win in London. And they have to go out there at home and try and beat a really good football team at MetLife Stadium. So, not a statement game, just a stamp it game, if you want to call it that, because they have to validate, again, another big victory against a good football team after beating the Packers. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's a statement game. I agree, because, look, we can go on and on. If they beat the Ravens, then we say, okay, you, if you go to Jacksonville to lose, it's all for naught. I mean, you can just play that game for 17 weeks. Um, 
they have to play well. That's all. I mean, if they if they play well and don't beat the Ravens, so be it. The Ravens might be in the Super Bowl this year, right? I mean, you know, the Ravens are are a really good team that wins a lot of games every year. They are a team that teams try to be like, right? A team that's in the playoffs every year and a tough out, a tough team every week. Um, so, you know, beating the Packers, I thought it was too much too soon. The Giants going to London and, and having to take on that team, that quarterback, and that atmosphere. You know, we know it's a funky atmosphere over there. And they, in the first half, I'm like, okay, I think this is a little too big for them. In the second half, I'm like, nothing's too big for them right now. So I don't think they have to go out and beat the Ravens to make a statement. They have to, you know, show the fans, look, if they win, that's great. I mean, five and one would be, you know, astronomically good. They have to look like a good football team. You know what I mean? And the Ravens have to feel them, that they were there and they gave them some problems. Don't roll over like we've seen so many times with past, you know, Giants teams at MetLife Stadium. Play a good kick-ass, hard-fought game. Look, if 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 that if the free kicker there, which I want to talk about with with um, uh, you know later with um, you Lawrence, you know, if he comes and kicks a fifty-yard field goal and they lose the game, okay, so be it. it it's a tough loss, but show yeah. you're a good team. You know, the Giants think they're a good team now. Go out and show it, and whatever happens, happens after that. Yeah, at this point, it's just about stacking wins. I mean, this team is on the up and up, and since they seem to be on the up and up, I feel like it's a great time to bring back a guy who's made many statements while he was rocking up blue. Big fan of the show, one of my big homies, good friend Brandon Jacobs. Let's get into a little back talk. There's not much to say about the 4-1 Giants that you haven't already heard on social media and TV. So let's bring in two-time Super Bowl champ running back Brandon Jacobs. And we're going to talk Giants culture and run game heading into their matchup against the Ravens and another edition of Back Talk. Bro, you missed the last three weeks. Welcome back from IR. Hey, I'm here. I had to ice up a little bit. Had to go to the stem. You know, <laughs> had to get some acupuncture. I had to do all that stuff now. I'm here for the grind. I'm here for, you know, for the next few weeks, uh, you know, talking some Giants football, 4-on-1 Giants. Uh, just went over to London and pulled off a great a great victory there against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, There's a lot going on around the team, man. The it's, culture, you got a new regime, you got a new coach, you got new everything going on. So there's a whole lot going on, B-London. And that's feeding to the Giants' culture. So let's talk about this team from a culture standpoint. How are they winning with less? <laughs> Well, uh, sure, I, I think we have uh, probably some of the ugliest offensive productivity <laughs> uh, in the NFL, should I say. Well, I shouldn't say in the NFL because there's a lot of ugly teams out there offensively. But uh, at least we're 4-on-1, should I say. But we got Saquon Barkley, man. Uh, I saw we got. I mean, they're using him in a passing game. Uh, Dave, Dave, you, know, you know, Dave Jones is tough as nails, man. The guy goes out. Plays hurt, bleeding. He's out there putting it down for his team. Still doing the best he possibly can. And again, he's not killing the. He's not killing the team. He's not turning over the football crazy. He's not doing anything like that. The New York Giants defense has been spot on. You know, uh, the last five weeks, you asked me. That they, they, they've been really good. They had a little hiccup against Dallas. Could they couldn't get to the uh, uh, Cooper Russ as much as they should have been. They, they could have put some pressure on him. Um, I think that game would have been different as well. If the defense can keep playing well, I think the Giants will have another opportunity to come out of this game against the Baltimore Ravens, who, in my opinion, you know, is ugly offensively as well. I mean, you got uh, Lamar Jackson, who's over 50% uh, for, you know, are their rushing yards. 
You know, he has about 14 – he has 1,484 total yards of offense. Just that one guy, not much production coming from any, you know, uh, you know, more players on the team. So I think if we can shut Lamar Jackson down, I think we have opportunity to win the game and go 5-1. Now, shutting down Lamar Jackson is going to be hard because this guy's playing for uh, – he's playing for a contract. He went out there and, 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 he, and he's taking a chance. You know, he's betting on himself. So we got a man out there that's behind some dollars and that's behind respect. So you're going to get a different Lamar Jackson week in, week out now. You know, so let's see what the Giants are able to do against him. But it's not much to stop there, you know, with the Ravens, in my opinion. It's not much to stop offensively but him. So when you talk, okay, you gave us something on the, the Ravens side of the run game. These are two top seven uh, rushing teams in terms of yards per game. We all know the ball is going to 26. How can the Giants continue to keep him effective and to keep him playing as well as he is? Well, you know, Brandon, you know, to be honest with you, it sounds weird me saying Brandon with that thing in my name. <laughs> <But, laughs> uh, uh, I think the Giants should, get, should continue to get Saquon more involved um, offensively, I think he needs about 30 to 31, 30, you know, 32 touches a game in between running pads. Now, I know people see him as a running back and say, you know, get the rushes or whatever you want to call it. But anytime the guy got the ball in his hands, he's deadly, right? Get him the ball in his hands in space, screens, uh, use him in a passing game. Let's motion him out the back for a little bit. Let's dictate the defensive front. Let's de- let's dictate the uh, defensive backfield. Let's get the ball in his hands the best way we, the best way that we can. We don't have a top wide receiver we're throwing the ball to now. You got Kenny Galladay down. You got Tony's been hurt. Uh, we saw Slayton uh, last uh, uh, last Sunday for the for the first time in a long time. Uh, so let's just you know let's move the guy around a little bit and get him the football. You know I think the Giants are the better rush team. Um, it's a little bit easier for Baltimore to do rushing because you got a guy dropping back to throw the ball and looking at the holes open and he shoots off through them, you know? So that's a little bit easier than it is for Saquon to go out there and rush for 150 yards against the Baltimore Ravens defense. What I think is totally, you know, he can do that. Um, yeah, I just think we need to get him the ball in his hand in more, in, in more ways than just handing it to him. Man, you said 30 to 31 touches. That ice bath and that stem you were talking about, after 30 to 31 touches, Saquon's going to need that as well. And I'm not well, – let's move on because I'm not trying to look forward. You know, there's a lot of excitement here in the Tri-States. But back in 2009, you guys started 5-0, and then you went 3-8 and in the next 11 games and didn't make the playoffs. Is this Giants team playoff contenders? Absolutely, this Giants team is playoff contenders. I've said it fair. I'd be lying if I tell you anything else, B. London. Um, they got a great defense. Great defense is at the top of the league. You got a running back that leads the league in rushing. You know, you got a quarterback that's not as flashy as a lot of these guys, but he's not getting the team beat. He's not turning over the football. He's doing just enough to win the football game. And I think the New York Giants will be in contending to win the NFC East. You ask me, well, we can get some pressure on these quarterbacks, you know, like we did with Aaron Rodgers did this past weekend. I think we got a chance to, to, to be more than playoff contenders, man. I think we can go pretty far. All right, it's always great to hear from Brandon Jacobs. Here's a guy that is Giants culture, and it was great to hear about his thoughts on the present Giants culture. So let's shift. Let's get in some of the defensive matchups, overall matchups, special teams, 
And first and foremost, the keys to the Giants winning this game. Tynes, go ahead. Well, you know, first and foremost, it starts with uh, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. He is uh, the best athlete, one of the top three or four athletes in the NFL, period. And he plays quarterback and he touches the ball on every every snap. Um, what he's able to do with the football is incredible. The Giants will have to limit him in terms of his rushing. Obviously, uh, he is so dangerous with the ball in his hands. He has not been sacked. He has not been sacked one time this season. So that'll be important for them to get after him. You've got Mark Andrews. You've got the young running back back. And you've got a big play receiver in in, in Bateman that averages 23 yards a catch. They're going to have their hands full. Um, But certainly, I think the defense is equipped to handle it. Uh, The only thing they can compare it to is Justin Fields in terms of a mobile running quarterback. And they did a decent job there. But Lamar Jackson is a far superior passer with much better weapons than the Chicago Bears. But certainly, you know, I kind of like this matchup for the Giants in terms of uh, the the Ravens offense. For some reason, I think they do match up well with them. And so we'll certainly see that on Sunday. Paul, your thoughts? Well, you you better tackle, right? The Giants are one of the better tackling teams in football right now. You better tackle. And uh, Julian Love said – we have to play Lamar straight up. You know, you can't play him just as a runner. You can't obviously can't play him just as a passer. You know, he said, we have to give him that respect earlier in his career. You could play him as a runner and make him throw the ball. Um, I still think you sort of have to do that. Um, You know, Lamar doesn't always run to get yards. He runs to escape. Um, He is their leading ball carrier though, by a lot, you know, by a lot. Um, And, you know, I would expect him to carry the ball, you know, seven or eight or nine or 10 times in this game. And, you know, he can just damage you on these third and threes, third and fours, third and fives, where he breaks your heart and, you know, you know, gets five, six, seven, just gets enough for the first down. Um, The Giants are getting healthier. You know, I mean, one of the remarkable things about this 4-1 start is, you know, the Giants have not been devastated by injuries, but it's not like they've been intact here. Um, I talked to Leonard Williams on Wednesday. He said, it's good to be back on the train. You know, he was close to playing last week. They decided – it's probably better to sit him another week with that um, sprained knee. He will be back. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Dexter Lawrence keeps up that level that he's played at. I think Dexter Lawrence said, I need to do more without Leonard Williams. If he keeps up that mentality with Leonard Williams there, that's a good thing. Sometimes players don't do that. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau is playing better and better. Aziz Ojolari might play. I repeat, might play. I'm not so sure about that. Um, Adore Jackson looks like he will play. The Giants really dodged a bullet. I mean, they won the game in in, in um, London against Green Bay with Adore Jackson, their best defensive back, certainly their best cornerback, not playing at all in the second half. Uh, so I think the defense will be will be okay. You know, they they're got they're getting healthier and they're they're getting a better pass rush. You know, it's too bad guys that Landon Collins will not quite be ready because he would yeah. be a fascinating guy in this game, wouldn't he? You know, I looked out on the field on Wednesday early in practice. And I go, where's 21? I kept, well, there's the, there's the defensive backs. I don't see 21. Oh, he's over there working with the inside linebackers. He's a hybrid linebacker. He's going to be in the dime package once he gets off the practice practice squad. And I quite frankly, you know, can't wait to see if there's a second act for Landon with the giants. Cause first act was pretty darn good before things went South. He's, he will be, if Wink Martindale knows how to use players, which he does Landon Collins, who's only 28. I am, Really looking forward to seeing that. But that's for another day. That's not for this week. 
And we're going to touch on Wink right after I, I give my little two cents on Lamar Jackson. Look, it's one to two plays that he can hurt you the most. If you think about the last game against the Bengals, that first three quarters, he was 17 of 30 for 159 and one interception. Again, if you can bottle him up in the run game, you can make tackles in the open fields, then you, 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 have, you have a shot. This is going to be the Giants' defensive line biggest game that they've had all year. So it's great that Big Cat is back. It's unfortunate that he wasted the suit that he had on in London. You think Kyler Murray's suit was 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 looking kind of uh, looking kind of crazy? Uh, Big Teletubby looked like a Teletubby. It was yeah, but Big Cat had that version on, but it was it was black and it was like fur, like the whole thing was fur. It was like a 1980s disco outfit. But let's see what he wears this game. And you talked about Wink, Paul. This could be the ultimate revenge game for Wink Martindale, and who else knows how to, I don't want to say stop, but neutralize Lamar Jackson, but Wink Martindale. It's going to be interesting to see what he throws at this Ravens offense. What are you guys' thoughts on Wink? I think it's important that, that obviously the guys know the situation this week, right? That's his former team. He was there for almost a decade as a linebacker coach and then coordinator. He is a beloved football coach still in Baltimore, I'm sure. I'm sure all those players love him just like the Giants players love him. Um, there will be added uh, significance attached to this game for the players. Now, Wink's not going to talk about it throughout the week. He's going to downplay it. It seems like that's his M.O. and personality. But these players know what it means, and, and they care for him, they love him, and they want to go get this win for the Giants over the Ravens against his former team. And I don't think you can discount that in the NFL. I think that has a little bit of validity because players will step up and play for the guy who they genuinely love and care about. So I think it adds a little bit more to the game and to the players, and they're going to play just that much harder to make sure they secure the win so they can go in that locker room and have a, a great post-game celebration with Wink. Don't forget, don't forget, there are, Wink is one of five assistants on this team who are from Baltimore. The inside yeah. linebackers coach, the tight ends coach, the, um, uh, who else, the outside linebackers coach, yeah. and a defensive assistant all came from, you know, that's one of Brian Dable's great strengths. You know, when, when he hired his coordinators, uh, certainly Wink, he said, Wink is going to be working with this guy, so he should have a big say on who his staff is. So he let Wink not necessarily hire these guys, but bring guys in who would be interviewed. And if you know they pass the muster with the head coach, they get hired. That's a big thing. I guarantee you this, guys. If the Giants win this game, Wink Martindale's getting a game ball. He is getting no a question. game ball. There's no question about it. Um, and you're right, you know, Lawrence, especially, yes, you're right. They – Look, you're invested in your guys and your coaches. They are invested in Wink. And you know why? Not because they're four and one, because Wink empowers these players. Wink does not criticize publicly. If you talk to Wink, every guy is a good player. Every guy's working hard. Um, he, he's not bemoaning who he doesn't have. You know, Wink empowers these guys to be better than they are, probably. And I think they feel that. I know they feel that. And so, um, you know, will they play better and harder for him? I don't know. But um, yes, and don't, let's not also discount this. Wink knows the Ravens personnel backwards and forwards, and he is giving all the other coaches on that staff a um, very good tutorial on everything about the Ravens. He's one of those coaches that you're going to be accountable for. Like you said, they're going to play for him. 
He's – we talked about Lamar Jackson and, and how he's going to have to draw up some sort of scheme to neutralize him. But I think his biggest task is – well, one of the biggest tasks outside of Lamar – stopping Lamar Jackson, stopping Mark Andrews. I mean, you, you, I, I, I don't fear their receivers. Rashad Bateman, we don't know what, if he's going to play or not. Devin DuVernay, he's getting some carries out of the backfield. He's ca- catches here. You know, he stung the, the Jets' defense, but the Jets' defense isn't the Giants' defense. Mark Andrews. Eight catches on 10 targets, 89 yards, and a touchdown. But here's the next-gen stat of the game. He had seven catches for 82 yards and a touchdown on eight targets when he's aligned in the slot. So it's not even Mark Andrews as that true, traditional, hand-in-the-ground, tight end running routes. This guy can run routes out of the slot. This guy can run crossing routes. He can run the full route tree as a pass receiver, and that can be so dangerous against this Giants defense because they haven't – yeah, you've had to stop the run when it comes to King Henry and the two-headed monster when it comes to the Cowboys. But outside of, outside of the run game and, and, and the receiver here or there, I don't think we've seen a tight end like Mark Andrews. And it's one of those games where Wink is going to have to be creative enough to, again, contain Lamar Jackson, but at the same time not allow Mark Andrews to beat this Giants defense. Thoughts? Xavier McKinney, come on mm-hmm. down, right? Xavier yep. McKinney, right? You know, he's 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 a he's a high draft pick. He's a team captain. He's an emerging player. You know, this is you know, he's not going to be one-on-one with with Andrews every every play, but this is why you have a big safety in there. Um, he will get a lot of that assignment and he's not going to stop him, but look, that's good on good, right? Iron yep. sharpens iron, all that stuff we always hear about. Good matchup. I'm anxious to see it. That'll probably be my matchup of the game uh, before the game. You know, Xavier McKinney thinks he's a stud. Let's go see it. Yeah, they have some interesting personnel. You know, if you watch the film, that this Pat Ricard guy, this 6'3", 305-pound fullback tight end tackle, I mean, he lines up in the backfield. He lines up as a tight end. He lines up in slot. I mean, this guy can do a lot of different things, and they do a lot of things behind him in the run game. He is a fantastic football player who doesn't get a lot of pub. But I watched the film this past week, and, I mean, it seems like everything goes through him on offense. Um, offensive line, you know, they they were switching tackles out. The left tackle rotated a lot. I think Staley's kind of banged up, so they rotated tackles there. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know if we're talking about that now, but I'm going to jump right into it. You know, JPP has only played two games, and we all know who JPP is. He played really well. Uh, against the Bengals. I mean, he's single-handedly, no pun intended. Let's not get into the blown-up hands here. Um, He single-handedly disrupted two drives on his own. I mean, in back-to-back-to-back plays each drive, he dismantled the left tackle, batted the ball down, got a sack, made a play behind the line of scrimmage. He looks like, you know, JPP's 33. You think he's 45, but he came into the league at 20 years old. I mean, this defense, again, they struggle – because they, I think they play with their eyes a lot. They like to peek Peters and some of these guys. As Humphreys, the corner, I believe their safety's out with a wrist, so that helps. He was leading their team in picks. The Giants can get after them offensively in the pass game. They're going to have to protect up front. Make sure you know where JPP is. The D line is really old. Houston, Calais Campbell. I mean, these guys are all older players, smart players, but. I think the Giants can get after this defense in the passing game for sure because they just play with their eyes. They guess a lot. Absolutely. I think they can get after them in the passing game. If you get Wandell back with Slayton, I think Slayton's going to play his best game because he's building off last week confidence. He's your burner. Uh, We'll talk about that later in the the show, but 
I think they can get after them in the passing game. Everybody else has. Uh, obviously, the Bengals did not play their best. The Bengals are not very good. They're, I just don't think they're very good. I watched them closely. Joe Burrow has taken a step back. They, they, they're just not good. They had a chance to beat that team. I really think the Giants will get after them in the passing game. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it on Sunday. So what you're saying is Kayvon's this is this is Kayvon's breakout game. Would you, would you Maybe. agree? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. They, you know, the left tackle spot was Staley and some other guy. I can't think of his name, number 65. Yeah. They rotated every other series in there. And I don't I think it's because of an injury to Staley. Uh, but, you know, Zeitler's playing well. The offensive line is pretty good. Uh, the right tackle is OK, um, but they do a nice job. And listen, when you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, I mean, you cannot just pin your ears back and rush the guy, right? There's you got to maintain some sort of integrity and not get too far up the field because next thing you know, he's gone. So I think, you know, I he hasn't been sacked all year, Brandon. So I don't know that we get a sack uh, this this week, but obviously, I think we can contain him. Paul, Thibodeau's close. I mean, he is close. You know, on, on the um, on the um, one of the key plays. You know, he oh on on Dexter Lawrence's sack, right? Thibodeau is make is is getting good edge pressure and forcing Rogers to step up, bang, right into 340 pound big sexy Dexter Lawrence. Um, that's a that's a that's a combo sack that Dexter only gets. Thibodeau is close, and it will be interesting to see his speed in this game, right? He has to set the edge. He can't let Lamar get, you know, you know, he has to keep containment on Lamar, but Right. Kayvon is fast. He's a fast dude. He's long legs, long arms. So it'll be interesting when, when if Lamar gets to the perimeter, if Kayvon can stick with him. I would think this is going to be one of those welcome to the NFL moments for Kayvon. Not that he's not going to play well, but I'm sure at some point he's going to be in close proximity to Lamar Jackson. And after the game, we'll say, I've never been on the field with a dude who was that athletic, you know, because that's but 98% of the players in football can say that about Lamar Jackson. You know, you have not played against a guy like Lamar Jackson until you played against Lamar Jackson. Uh, but he's close. He's, he's really close, Kayvon, and um, I've been impressed with him. Um, I'm sure he's itching for that first sack, though. I'm sure he is. Yeah, I think the closest quarterback he's seen so far in the NFL to Lamar Jackson is Justin Fields. And he was kind of getting his sea legs underneath him that game. Yeah. But we got offense. We got defense. Again, there's three phases to football when it comes to winning football games. Special teams, I think this is one of the best special teams units the Giants are going up against. They got a future Hall of Famer at kicker. Lawrence Times, jump right into it because this is your area of expertise. I'm going to turn off now, guys. I'm going to turn <laughs> yeah, go off. Ahead and turn, go ahead and turn the power off, Paul. You can sit this one out. The Lawrence um, Times special teams um, I, um, segment. Go ahead. I think even people that don't really – understand football can recognize how good Justin Tucker really is. I mean, you guys all follow football, but to, you know, as a former kicker, this guy is the best guy that's ever done it. And he's, he's in his 10th year. He'll probably play 10 more. I don't know. He is a hall of famer right now today. I think he's made 60 something field goals in the fourth quarter in a row yep. without missing uh, the distance, the accuracy, you know, this game does feature, let's not, Knock our, I mean, this game features the two best kickers, in my opinion, in the NFL with Graham Gano and Justin Tucker. I mean, we have a guy that's pretty special, too. So um, this is going to be an important matchup throughout the game. I mean, I a lot of field goals, uh, you know, 
I think that's how the games is going to shake out. We'll get to predictions later, but special teams is going to be huge in this game. You've got obviously Devin Duvernay, the all pro kick returner, who's averaging about 36 yards per kickoff return. And he's averaging somewhere around like 11 or 12 on the punt return. This guy is a special player. The giants have struggled covering punts this year. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. I'm looking forward to the kickoff coverage matchup with Duvernay. I mean, they do so many good things special teams-wise. I think their average drive star, and this is obviously a direct reflection of their special teams, is number one in the NFL for the Ravens. Uh, I don't know the yard line. I did remember seeing it throughout the week studying, but they start the drive furthest up the field than any other team in the NFL. And as we know, that is a direct reflection of punt return and kick return. So, this is a matchup that many people probably won't think about. It's going to play a huge part in the game. And obviously, two fabulous, two of the best kickers in the NFL right now are going to be on that field on Sunday. Paul, I have that? one thing to add. One thing to add, because Lawrence, I was going to ask you, Lawrence, if he's, if you think he's the best kicker in history, which you said he is. He is. Yes. 61 not- consecutive field goals in the fourth quarter yeah. or overtime NFL record. That, to me, is like... You, that's all you have to say about him. You know, 91. That's, that's all it. you have to say. When the, it, it, that's, I don't think I've ever know. made 61 in a row in my life in practice. <laughs> Never mind in games in the fourth quarter. So uh, now, now, now let me ask you, um, um, strategy-wise, um, you know, Graham Gano sometimes does the pop-up kick, you know, you know, kicks it to the, the you know, just to the inside the five. Um, do you just instruct him to mm. kick it? Uh, out of the end zone every time you can. And is he capable of doing that, you know, unless we have some crazy win, you know, and yeah. just say, look, take it at the 25. Is that the strategy? Absolutely. That- a- absolutely. The, if I know Thomas McGahee, who I've known for many years and played for, you're going to take the touchback if you can. If you now, can. the Meadowlands is tricky. It depends on what the weather is going to be like on Sunday. But anytime you can take the touchback, you absolutely cannot let the returner get the ball in his hands because the pop-up kicks are great. But again, you're putting the ball in his hands. I mean, this guy is elite. He's the best kick returner in the game. And obviously their entire special teams unit is good. So they're well coached. They do a good job. If you can get touchbacks, absolutely uh, bang it out of the end zone. And I have one more about Tucker. Is there anything, because you break down kickers, is there anything about him specifically that makes him the best Um, um, technique? You know, you, you, you know the technique. I don't. Is there anything about him strength? Um, torque, something that you say, he does that, nobody else can do it like that. Man, I just think there's something in between his ears. The confidence with which he kicks a football is unlike anyone we've ever seen. I mean, he's never had a bad game. I don't think he's ever had a bad game or a bad quarter. I mean, his confidence, obviously the guy is so talented. He he sings opera in like seven different languages. I mean, this guy has a confidence that I don't think – we have ever seen at the position and it's what propels him to be the best there is. And, you know, he's going to play a long time. He is fun to watch. And he, you know, the thing about, about his field goals, Paul's, he makes them dead down the middle. Like I always said, I've got it. You know, I've got 18 feet here. I'll just mess around. He is (laughs) not far from center very often. And so the thing you respect and appreciate having done it is how deadly accurate he is from no matter where it is on the football field. I mean, the 58 yarder he made set Sunday against the Bengals casual 58 yarder. They just sent him out there. No big deal. It wasn't even in the end of the game situation. It was within the middle of the football game. And, and coach Harbaugh has enough confidence to send the guy out there for a 58 yard field goal piece of cake. 
He actually is an intimidating kicker, which I don't know if any, he's actually intimidating to the other team, I think, because the field now is 15 yards smaller than it should be against anybody else. He intimidates you. He makes you play differently. Yeah, the guy definitely have, he has the it factor. You know, if they have that ball at towards the the end of the game, then every, all Giants stadium is going to be on pins and needles. All right. We've talked about how we think the Giants are going to match up from a blue rush point of view. So let's hear what the other side thinks about this matchup. And this week's Know Your Enemy. Let's talk about what to watch for from a Ravens point of view. We've got Ken McCusick from Film Study Ravens. Back with us, Ken, you did such a great job week one breaking down the Jets and Ravens. We had to bring you back, so welcome back. Now let's get straight into it because Saquon Barkley is a man on the mission this year. How can the Ravens stop 2-6? Big challenge for the Ravens. They haven't had a great run defense this year. You know, certainly have the tradition of great run defense in Baltimore that was based a lot on Ray Lewis and then C.J. Mosley after him that produced 21 straight years of uh, under four yards per carry to start the franchise history. Since then, the Ravens have, have become uh, you know, more focused on pass defense, and a lot of times you have to make compromises in the NFL these days. They have some real tackling issues at inside linebacker that persist. Uh, they have lost Michael Pierce, who was a huge man up front for them in terms of stopping the run, so Travis Jones will have to play well. Uh, they're a good pursuit to the ball team. Uh, but uh, but they certainly have weaknesses, and, and stopping Barkley is going to have to be a big part of, of how they approach this game. Yeah, Saquon's doing a great job of making guys miss and uh, the yards after contact. He's truly making a, or having an impact on the game. Let's talk about one of your players who, who has an impact on the game, Mark Andrews. What type of game do you see him having? Well, he's the focal point of, of uh, the offense right now, that's for sure. He's, he's always Lamar's first target and usually his last option, too, which is uh, kind of a tough com- combination for him. His, his statistics in terms of yards per target are down a little bit, even though he had a good game this week. Uh, but that's because he is, he is the uh, chuck it up for Andrews when all other things fail option, which means he's getting a lot of reduced value targets on the margin. Uh, but he's a very effective, holds onto the football when he, when he catches it. Uh, it means he's not dislodged by a hit is what I'm really talking about. It takes a lot of big hits in the middle of the field. Uh, really good hive mind with uh, Lamar in terms of his ability or their ability to know uh, where the other is going to be and where the other wants to throw the ball. And uh, that's been fun to watch. Uh, the Ravens have less receiving options now. They, they really put a lot of the offense in the hands of Devin Duvernay uh, this last week, both running and as a receiver. Uh, he's been terrific. Uh, that won't continue in terms of, of the efficiency on a per-touch basis. Uh, but I, I do like the fact that they've, they've lined him up in the backfield as well as uh, on the outside. But does this Giants defense concern you? It, it does in the sense that it's a lot of big bodies against an offensive line that's a little smaller at left guard and at center. Uh, they have Kevin Zeitler, who's big, and they have Moses, who had a, just had a great uh, run-blocking uh, game this last week. And hopefully we see Ronnie Stanley back for more snaps. He played 22 snaps in his game back on Sunday night against the Bengals, three drives. The Ravens scored 10 points on those drives. Uh, I, hopefully he'll be back for, for more time. I think that, that he's the big domino in terms of the Ravens' offensive line really functioning properly. And uh, if, if he's on the field for you know, 45 to 50 snaps this game, that would be a big step forward, and I expect the, the, the line will be good. Uh, that said, there's two things about the Ravens' run game. First of all, it, it, unless you've actually played the Ravens' run game, I don't. there's not a lot of meaning to the run stats. The Steelers have come into games with great run stats against the Ravens, and, the, and they've had a lot of difficulty stopping them in those games. Um, the, the, the 
Giants are, are set up to do so. Uh, they have some tackling issues of their own at linebacker, obviously, but but uh, Jalen Smith is good, and they have certainly very big men up front and Leonard Williams and uh, and and whatnot. But you know, you have a, a a defensive line I think that is certainly good enough to give the Ravens fits, and they don't have their really great speed option at running back this week. So Justice Hill, who is really threatening the the uh, outside. Uh, the, the Ravens, I've, I think I've mentioned before in the Jets preview, really like to stretch the line of scrimmage in terms of where their threats are, which makes Lamar Jackson all that much more effective. So uh, the Ravens are going to be missing some things, missing some elements in terms of offensively what they can do. Obviously, Bateman, you probably know, is injured as well. Well, the Giants defense do have the man, the myth, the legend, Wink Martindale, who is a familiar face down there in Baltimore. And you mentioned the man of the hour, Lamar Jackson. Do you see him having a big game against this Giants defense? I, th- I think it's important that he does. I think this is a game that, that Lamar has to do some things uh, and uh, and make some plays because the Ravens are otherwise a little shorthanded offensively. Uh, I expect him to to run the ball. He usually is now a run middle threat where they run out of sidecar and his area now to, to try and probe and, and find a spot when, when he's in the mesh is, is in the middle of the field. Uh, the Ravens have been pretty effective with the combination of counters, jet motion, having a good sidecar back that can threaten the other outside edge to uh, spread that uh, defense horizontally and allow uh, Jackson opportunities. A lot of times other teams run themselves out of position against the Ravens, which has created some good run opportunities. But uh, at running back, J.K. Dobbins has not been back and playing full time yet. Uh, So uh, we see if he picks up a heavier workload. Kenyon Drake took a lot of carries this last week. He was okay. He hasn't really been that good this season uh, before this last game. So hopefully uh, the Ravens can figure out uh, some sort of a cobbled together running back scheme for this week. Yeah, they could definitely uh, lighten the, the workload for Lamar Jackson, who leads the team in both rushing and passing. Last but not least, how do you see this game going? Well, I, you know, I, I hate score predictions, so let me t- let me just try and come up with one player I think that that really uh, could could make a big impact. The guy who's who's coming in for Marcus Williams is Geno Stone, and he'll play on the back end. Uh, at free safety, I expect in this game, he is a really underrated player in the league in terms of being a guy who can play a bracket uh, safety, whether it's loose or tight on an as needed basis. And I, if I had a, you know, a dark horse guy to make a real big contribution to this game and not have a big fall off from the loss of Marcus Williams, it would be Stone. All right. Thanks again to Ken for joining us. All right. We've done Know Your Enemy. We've done Back Talk. We've done our matchups. So it's time for some show predictions. Let's start with Mark Andrews. 60 yards over under. Quick Y. Go. I think Mark Andrews will have more than 60 yards receiving. That doesn't scare me at all. I think the Giants need to defend against the run more importantly than the pass. So I'm going to say Mark Andrews stays un- or goes over 60 yards receiving. Is that on one catch, or is that for the game? <laughs> that was good for the entire I game, say, Paul. On the line, I say over the 60. Okay. I say over 60. The key in that stat is TDs. Okay. If there's a two there, it's going to be a problem. If there's one there, it's probably okay. Uh, if there's zero, it's great. So over 60. I'm going to go under. I think that Lamar Jackson is going to go to another receiver, whether it be DuVernay, somebody. I think they're going to double uh, uh, Andrews, try and keep him. Uh, neutralize as much as possible. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, 213 passes and yards over under. Why go? I would say 
He's going to go over, and here's why. I think he goes over 213 yards. Lamar Jackson has thrown for over 213 yards 23 times in his career. That's not a lot if you think about it. He's 15-8 and eight in those football games. If Lamar Jackson is throwing the football, it means they're behind. So I think that's, you know, I'm going to pick the Giants here mm. later on. But I, I think if you can make him throw the football, you have a better chance of winning this football game. So the, in those 23 games, he's 15-8 and eight when, he has, when he's thrown for over 213 yards. Paul. Under. I think under. I think he wants to run the ball. I think the running backs want to run the ball. Um, I agree. I don't think they're going to be behind by a lot. I really don't or, you know, much at all. So they're not going to have to throw the ball. Um, I think under. I think under as well. I mean, if you look at the, the Cincinnati game, the penetration was getting to him at first. You know, he had to do it with his legs. I see him going to have to rely on his legs a lot more this game, which brings me next into Lamar Jackson, 75 rushing yards. Go. Again, uh, I think he – we have to keep him under. If the Giants want to win this football game, you have to keep him under 75 yards. Because I'm going to pick the Giants later on, I'm going to say they keep him under. Lamar Jackson has rushed for more than 75 yards 24 times in his career, guys. He is 20-4 and four in those games. You have to keep him under 75 yards if you want to win. LT crushing the stats. I love it. Paul. Hey, yeah, Lawrence, you came with some ammo. Yeah, ammo this one, man. You came with some yeah, ammo. Um, I'll got one. That's right. He's averaging 7.6 yards a run. I mean, this is not a, you know. And then, you know, I don't, you know, kneel downs or whatever, he, you know, but, but I still think under, I think oh, that's a lot of yards. I mean, that is a lot of rushing yards for a quarterback, right? You know, yeah. I mean, 40, 50, that's a lot of rushing yards. Um, if he, if he breaks a big one, he's going to get 75. If he doesn't break a 30, 40 yarder, I think they hold him under um, slightly, but under. I say over. You know, and it's not that that's a bad thing. I think he's going to turn the ball over one once. I think he's going to have a big play in the run game. And I also think he's going to turn it over once in the, in the run game as well. Let's go over to the Giants run game. One hundred and twenty five yards over under. Why go? Yes, the Giants will rush for more than one hundred twenty five yards this game. They have done it in four of the five games this year. Uh, obviously all of their victories. So um, I'm going to say, yes, the Giants combined with Daniel Jones, Brita, and obviously Saquon Barkley will rush for more than 125 yards against the Ravens. Paul? The stats say yes. I'm going to say no. Okay, I think Mm -hmm. the Ravens are going to load up against Saquon, load up and make Daniel Jones throw the ball. Um, they, they, They fear Saquon Barkley. They do not fear anybody else on that offense, I don't think, including Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is going to have to throw a lot. Um, I'm going to say under. You know, look, no running back goes every game, every week, 180, 140, you know, 78, 90. Um, He gets stymied once in a while. I think this is the week maybe where Saquon kind of takes a step back stats-wise. All right, I'm going to have to go with over as well. But even if they do – Forced Daniel Jones to throw the ball. We're talking about a Ravens pass defense that's the worst in the league in terms of total passing yards. Teams have thrown their way back in the games. But again, the Giants are going to have to stay in this game with running the ball, controlling the clock, keeping Lamar and that offense off the field. So I'm going to go over 125 yards. And now these next two are just true or false, which I wish the SATs could have been. I would have got a better score. All right, a Giants receiver will score a touchdown, yes or no? And for bonus, who would it be? Absolutely yes. 
Oh, multiple Giants receivers will have touchdowns this game. I'm going to say the first one off the board will be Darius Slayton. He's going to get behind somebody, and I think it's a big chunk play. I think it's a 40 or 50 yard touchdown reception that just sets this stadium on fire early in the football game. Paul, I say yes, and it is none other than Marcus Johnson. Ooh. From the, like him from too. The, okay. From, okay. From the, he had a he had a good game in London. He's a big body. Really um, uh, you know the Ravens are going to you know be on their on their rosters trying to figure out who he is, and by the time they figure out who he is, he's going to be catching a five yard touchdown pass. So yes. I'm going to go yes as well. And you know what? I'm going to stay with uh, – I say yes because Marcus Peters has known to get himself in trouble with his eyes. They, Marlon mm-hmm. Humphreys, Marcus Peters is not going to respect these Giants receivers. Kafka has been drawing up some good stuff. Why not use some double moves, some play action type, down the field type things? I think you can get these guys in trouble with their eyes. So a Giants receiver will score a touchdown. Last but not least, we kind of hit this. Kayvon will get a sack. Yes or no? We've already said that. Kayvon will get a sack. Yes or no? I believe Kayvon will have a sack this game. I think he has more than one. It's his coming out party at home, and I can't wait to see the Carlton or whatever the hell he does after he <laughs> makes someone jump up. Is it the Carlton? What does he do? He does a cool little, you know, when he makes the guys flinch. I've seen it a couple of times. I, the Dougie. The, the Dougie. Dougie. I'm sorry. Yes, Kayvon, my apologies. I cannot wait to see the Dougie, but if he gets a sack, who knows? He might do the Beyonce. Who knows? <laughs> you, you, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> not sure what either of you were just talking about there. After sack, you lost me, okay, with uh, Dougies and Carltons and Beyonce's. Beyonce, Beyonce's. I know. Okay? Beyonce, I, 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 I know what that is, yeah. I don't know what the Beyonce sack celebration would be, but I, 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 I've heard of Beyonce, okay? Um um, Lawrence, didn't you just say that Kayvon, uh, that, that uh, Lamar Jackson has not been sacked all year, and now you're giving I, I did. two of them? I did. Okay. But the law all of right. averages um, has to come, somehow come back um, at some point. I say no. I say no sack. Lamar is a slippery guy. I'm not saying they don't sack him at all, but um, I think Kayvon will flush Lamar to somebody else who will get a sack. But I think it'll it'll it's coming, but not quite yet this week. All right. I'm going to go yes with that one. Um, yeah. I mean, it's time. The time is now. And speaking of the time is now, the time is for the extra point. Mm. This is final thoughts heading into this game. Lawrence, you've been known for an extra point. Go right into it. Yes. Big game at home in front of your crowd after a massive win over in London. The Giants have to come and not, you know, prove that they're a good team, but they have to stamp the win in London as each game they win keeps getting bigger and bigger. I think the Giants have – four or more sacks this football game. This is the game where Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and those ends and those edge guys get after an elite player, and they make a statement throughout the league. The Giants are going to win this game. Again, close game. I think 24-21 Giants win. Graham going to field goal late. Paul. Why did I know it would end with a Graham Gano field goal late? Why did, why would, why, why did I know that from Lawrence? Every, it's, it's like the, the tale is old as time. They win on a field goal. That's right. Um, um, I think it's going to be a good game. I really do. I, I respect the Giants. Um, you know, I, I did not think they would have a close game against the Packers. They 
had a great game against the Packers and won. Uh, you know, Ravens are really good. They're really good. The Ravens came into MetLife Stadium early this season and handled the Jets easily. Um, I think they're going to go 2-0 at MetLife Stadium this year. Uh, I think it's like a, a, a six or seven point game, something like uh, a similar score maybe to what we saw last week, maybe a little lower scoring, maybe something like 20 to 13, uh, something like that. I think the Ravens win, but I think the Giants um, um, play well enough and uh, Lamar just makes a couple of plays at the end. I learned my lesson last week going against the Giants. I feel like this is a winnable game. It's the same as going up against the Packers. I see the Giants pulling this one off at the end. Hopefully it doesn't come down to a, to a field goal. I want them to start fast and finish this game. Put your foot on somebody's neck. That's the ultimate statement game. What a show. Great job, fellas. And I want to thank everybody for listening and watching this episode of Blue Rush. It's our New York Giants show for the New York Post. So remember, subscribe to Blue Rush on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, people. Make sure to follow the New York Post Sports and SNY's YouTube channels to see all videos from Blue Rush. New episodes of the show are Monday morning following Giants games and Thursdays previewing the game ahead. We're going to see you all on Monday. And again, thank you for your support of Blue Rush. That's the show.